Being a blessing isn't always easy, is it? Doing the right thing sometimes is hard. Love coming down at Christmas is something we need to be reminded of. And we're not going to be reminded of it by all the Christmas, I'm sorry, it's not politically correct to say Christmas specials, they're holiday specials, right? We're not going to be reminded of it by the, 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 all those, those holiday specials, that, that God needed to come down to us in our scratched up, broken world and do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Yeah, I, I would challenge you, uh, if you're thinking you're going to get filled up at Christmas by watching the, the specials, I, 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 quite frankly, I have a hard time watching them. Uh, uh, there is a person in my household that tends to, to watch them. I won't name her. <laughs> but here's my challenge to you. <laughs> here's my challenge to you. If in any of these specials that you come across where they actually say that Jesus is your Savior from sin, let me know. If they, they actually, in the script of the, uh, the uh, show, that they talk about this is God's faithfulness to us, let me know. Uh, that would be fascinating. I, I'll, if, if you find it, I'll actually sh share it with the rest of the, the faith family. But to, to understand that Christmas is not just about us finding it within ourselves to uh, trust to fall in love again after we've been hurt a number of times, or finding it within ourselves to stop being the Scrooges that we all tend to like to be. We, we need to, to, to find out that, that, that it's not about what we're going to find within ourselves at Christmas. It's about finding what God has given to us at Christmas. And so we're talking about love coming down at Christmas, and today we're focusing on that love is steadfast. That love that came down is steadfast. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't used the word steadfast all that many times in my conversation this last week, other than preparing for my sermon. But let's do a little word association here, okay? When you think of the word steadfast, what do you think of? Let's, let's hear something. Rock? What? Stable? Okay. Anything else? Steadfast. Strong? Okay. What? Dependable. Ah, yep, I think that, that dependable and reliable. Uh, if someone is steadfast, they're probably going to be someone who you would think of as, as keeping their promise. You know, when we, would, we would like a steadfast car, a reliable car, right? Uh, you know, we, we know what, uh, how we got ourselves in trouble when uh, the American-made cars weren't having a reputation of being reliable. And, and that we, so we, we like that in our products, but I think more than that, we like it in our relationships. We like that sense of dependable, reliable, something where we feel that the promises are being kept. And yet, that is something that we don't always encounter in our lives. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. In your pew Bibles, it's page 681. It's the first uh, book of the New Testament, and right there, the first chapter. And we're going to be taking a look at 
a situation where there seemed to be some lack of steadfastness going on, and yet the steadfast love of God was at work. Matthew chapter 1, we're going to begin at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they had came together, before they had had sexual relationship, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. It's interesting to me that in Matthew's gospel that the account of Jesus' birth begins with a doubting about faithfulness. Here's the situation we, we have. Mary and Joseph were engaged. And in the time uh, of Jesus, that engagement, that, that betrothal was something that was very much a very serious thing. It wasn't just like, it was stronger than an engagement. And, and so they were engaged to each other and promised uh, to be uh, faithful to, to each other. They hadn't uh, uh, gotten together uh, and weren't living together. They were uh, pledged to be married. And Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant. Now, Joseph probably had been listening in sex education class. And, you know, he's kind of starting to put two and two together. I learned this in sex education. Mary's pregnant. I know what I haven't done. I know what she must have done. Maybe Virgin Mary is slut Mary. Now, no disrespect to, to, to Mary, but just I think you've got to imagine the mindset of Joseph, what's going through his head. Here's the gal that he thought would be faithful to him for the rest of his life, and all of a sudden he's wrestling with, is she messing around? What do I do? What do I do in a situation like that? I've been faithful to my promise. Apparently she hasn't. What do I do? It continues there because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. You know, when we encounter uh, unfaithfulness, a breaking of a promise in our life, it hurts, doesn't it? I would, I'd just like for each of you to kind of reflect back on maybe those experiences you have had in your life where you felt someone had made a commitment and a promise to you and that promise wasn't kept. It hurt, didn't it? And that's where, where Joseph uh, is at. Not only is he probably, his mind's just spinning a thousand miles and I wonder what it was, what's going on, but deep inside he's, he's hurt. He's disappointed. Have you experienced that hurt and that disappointment in your life? I suspect many of you have. We, we struggle with faithfulness. We, we struggle with uh, dependability. We, we, we struggle with that in, in our American culture. Whether it's in, in uh, our high school years or junior high years where we have a, someone who's 
uh, a friend for, forever one day and the next day they won't have anything to do with us? That, that, that can hurt, can it? You have situations where you thought that, that you had a, a relationship of marriage that was going to uh, last and all of a sudden that, that relationship is just shattered. Sometimes we experience that within in the family relationship where relationships between uh, parents and kids are, are, are broken and there doesn't seem to be a dependability there anymore. We experience it in, in our finances, don't we? And, as, and within our culture, with, with the workplace. How many of you believe that, that your employer is steadfast, that he's faithful, that he's loyal, that you can count on that employer. Many of you have your stories of having to have dealt with, you know, well, we decided to downsize. We decided to outsource. And certainly that hurt when you, you sense that, that sense of commitment maybe that you felt you had wasn't there anymore. Some of me have struggled with the, the whole idea of broken promises around addictions. You promise to yourself, you promise to your spouse, you promise to your kids you're not going to do this or that again. And all of a sudden, boom, it rears its ugly head and you're dealing with it. And all those broken promises, they hurt. And you, you struggle. What is the right thing to do in the midst of all of these things? That's what, what Joseph, he was a righteous man. And he wanted to do the right thing. And he realized that, that doing the right thing wasn't necessarily the easiest thing or what he was entitled to do. If we see there that he had a right to publicly disgrace Mary, that was what he had a right to. Maybe that would have been the easiest thing. It would have made him feel temporarily a little bit better for her to be shamed and publicly disgraced. There's Mary, the, the, the uh, woman who's sleeping around uh, town, and, and she would have that, that as her re reputation for the rest of her, her life if she were to be publicly disgraced. That would have been what he was entitled to. Maybe it would have been the easiest thing to do. But being a righteous man, he said, I want to do the right thing. And for whatever reason, his first thought is, no, I'm not going to publicly disgrace her. I'm just going to end this relationship quietly. There would, there would need to be a, a formal breaking off of the betrothal. A, a certificate of uh, divorce would have had to be written up. But he wanted to do it quietly. And then there's one of those amazing buts in the scripture. We've learned that sometimes that you're reading along and things are saying this is the way things are going according to human uh, planning. And then but, and then oftentimes God sticks his nose into things. And here's where we have one of those things happening here in the Matthew's gospel in verse 20. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what was conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The first thing that Joseph needed to hear from God is that God can break into our natural world in supernatural ways. And for us to, to have a full appreciation of the Christmas gospel, 
That's an important truth for us to understand. If we simply think that God can only work through the natural, then the Christmas story is implausible. According to natural ways of things operating, a virgin does not become pregnant. But the angel says, this is a supernatural thing that is happening. The Holy Spirit is causing Mary to be pregnant. And so I want you to not be afraid that this was something done because she was messing around. But then he goes on to say, this child, because it's a supernatural thing that is happening, has a special purpose. And he's going to have a special name, Yahshua. God saves. Because he's going to save God's people from their sins. You see, in the midst of what Joseph was wondering was another example of our human unfaithfulness, the angel says there's another set of promises that's at work here. There's another set of promises that God has made that are behind what is happening to Mary. A set of promises that began way back with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve broke their promise to trust only in God, and they began trusting in themselves, God came to them in the midst of their brokenness and said, one day, one of your descendants will crush Satan for what he did to you. It was a God who made a promise to a childless couple, Abraham and Sarah, and said to them, that not only one day will you have your own child, but through that child, one day there will be someone who will be born who will be a blessing to all nations. That was a promise of God that he needed to keep. It was a promise that God continued to make. He made it through his servant David, King David. And he promised to David, one day, one of your descendants will be a king who will rule over God's people forever. It was a promise that God made through the prophet Isaiah that promised that one day a virgin would conceive and that that child would be God with us, Emmanuel. It is a promise that God made through the prophet Jeremiah when he promised that there would be a new covenant, a covenant based on the forgiveness of sins. So the words of the angel that this child would have the name Jesus because he would save his people from their sins brings back to mind a lot of promises that God has made. Sometimes when we look at ourselves, we get tired of our unfaithfulness, don't we? We get tired of missing the mark in trying to do the right thing. We get tired of falling short. We get tired of not keeping our our promises to ourselves and each other. In the midst of all that, we realize that God's love is steadfast. God's love still comes down to you and me. And I guess one of the things I want you to be thinking about today is Not only was God's love steadfast in Jesus, keeping the promises of his Father by his coming down and being born, but how has God been steadfast in your life? How has God 
been faithful to you? When did you, you first experience that faithfulness? I experienced it probably for, my, for myself first in my, my baptism at three weeks old. But God was faithful. But it wasn't just then, and it's something that I, I, I continue to experience God's faithfulness in a lot of different ways. And one of the things that I think I, I began to appreciate is that God was pursuing me and faithful to me even when I wasn't pursuing God. Any of you had that experience? You weren't pursuing God, but God was still pursuing you? Well, raise your hand if you've had that happen. Oh, good. I, I'm glad I'm not alone. That is so, isn't that cool? When, when you realize that God in his love for you, he isn't just faithful to you when you're faithful to him, but he's pursuing you and trying to, to remind you of how much he loves you. You know, I think one of the things that we see about God's steadfast love is that he's able to work good in our lives even in the midst of bad things. That, that you know, uh, any old God could work good things if we do good things. What is truly amazing about God's steadfast love is that he works good even when the bad things happen. Here's what I want you to take away from today more than anything. That in Jesus, God's steadfast love is still coming down for you. God's steadfast love is still pursuing you. And God wants you to live in the confidence of that steadfast love. To realize that the steadfast love of God wasn't just when Jesus was born in a stable or even when Jesus died on, on a cross. But his steadfast love is in the fact that he still comes down for you and me and gives himself for us and shares his life with us. In the midst of all of the brokenness that we encounter in life, may God show us how we can also be righteous, how we can, can do the right thing in the midst of things that aren't right and be a part of sharing God's steadfast love with the world. Jesus came down and showed God's steadfast love for you at Christmas. God showed his steadfast love when he died on the cross for you and me that our sins could be forgiven, that Jesus truly could save us from our sins. But Jesus rose again so that he could come down to us and live in our hearts and let us be the instruments of his steadfast love in a broken world, so desperately seeking a reliable, a dependable love, a love that we dare not take for granted, a love that we need to share with the world. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.